Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. This week, we're giving thanks for the delicious culinary insight. Chef Kelly Blackburn will be feeding us to get us ready for Thanksgiving. Welcome to the podcast, Kelly. Welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> we're very excited. We've had many um, culinary delights. Or, um, <laughs> cul- <laughs> we've had very culinary... In our, in our lifetime. <laughs> many culinary <laughs> masters. No, yeah. Um, Dave White, um, who is a linoleum knife, he was on and he gave us great recipes. And we've also had Jeffrey. Yes. Um, who also gave us great recipes. Uh, so we're excited to have another... Chef on. Oh, great. Our first chef, actually. Yeah, professional. First, first professional, professional chef. Professional chef. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. We're, we're very excited for your insight. And I need a lot of help when it comes to Thanksgiving dinner because I am terrible at cooking. Are you guys cooking this year? I am. Um, You're cooking. I mean, I'm a vegetarian, so that takes a lot of the hardest things out of the equation. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of helping my mom. My mom will be here for Thanksgiving, so I'll be helping her with our with the dressing. Nice. And the tofurkey. The tofu. Oh, tofu. <laughs> you know, yeah, the, okay. the big softball you put into the right. oven and then hope for the best. <laughs> I haven't done one of those. <laughs> I really do need to expand my horizon. So I'm looking forward to your tips for Thanksgiving. Yeah, lots, okay. lots of tips. And it'll just right. come out right before Thanksgiving. So people who are last minute, like myself, who's always doing everything on the fly, it'll be perfect. Yeah. Great. Absolutely. So before we dive into all of that, though, we're going to check in with things that we're thankful for this Thanksgiving season. <laughs> Jillian, would you care to k- kick us off? What's making you feel thankful? Sure. I feel like I always go a little bit of a sappy route. So I'm going to say I'm thankful for Matt. He is a perfect um, Stop. Go pod- on. podcast <laughs> co-host. He's also a great uncle to my cast along with his husband, who I'm also very It's mostly for. me. <laughs> <laughs> he, any Anytime I go away, he's always there to take care of my two little kitties, my two little gobble gobbles and um i can always count on him for helping me out any way possible and he's just a great friend all around and then the all things cozy podcast community it truly brings a smile to my face whenever i see people leaving a comment on one of our episodes or giving us a great review or the all things cozy podcast group which you can join anytime um just the community and people sharing things I had this moment today where I realized like, wow, Matt and I created this nice little community over something so great, which is to be cozy. And so, you know, I'm, I follow a lot of crime podcasts and things are a little bit dark, darker. <laughs> so like, well, it's nice to bond I over. I into the light. It's nice to <laughs> b- I know, bond over something light. And yeah. this podcast, I think, does that. So I'm thankful for everyone who supports us. Absolutely. I'll, I'll just jump right in. I'm thankful for Jillian. Oh. That was really sweet, Jillian. Thank you for... That thankfulness, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> In addition to Jillian, I'm also thankful for our listeners themselves, especially our patrons. Oh, yes. Who <laughs> like, will give us I'm the dough. I'm actually thankful for the ones who give us money. Uh, yes. <laughs> but I am. I mean, it means a lot. Like, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can spend your money and to essentially donate it to a podcast in order for us to continue going means a lot. Keeps the candles on the table. Keep, and keeps us burning. Keeps yeah. the, the, the replacement wires and the microphones <laughs> coming in. So thank you to our patrons and to all of our listeners for sticking with us through through the good and the bad. You know, some of our episodes, they, they come out sounding like this one will, and some of them sound they're like... They're like in a hurricane. They're in a hurricane. <laughs> hurricane <laughs> so we, five we category. We appreciate you <laughs> listening no matter how it sounds. So thank you. Yeah. Chef Kelly, how about you? What are you thankful for 
this Thanksgiving? I'm thankful for my son, He's my very, very sweet. tall son. Uh, I'm thankful for fresh produce. Mm. <laughs> All our Good choice. Organic farmers. I'm definitely thankful for chocolate. As am I. Good. Yeah. I love a good chocolate-covered almond. Mm, me too. Can't I was go thinking wrong. about those earlier. And I'm thankful for um, my wonderful community where I live that's been really, really very supportive of me. That's awesome. Yeah. So I will get into this a little bit later, but I assume you cater a lot of events in your area and business community. Yeah, I cater in, in my area, which is Calabasas, Malibu, Woodland Hills, West Hills. Beautiful area. Yeah, Westlake. But really, really, really nice people, despite what people might say <laughs> about <laughs> Calabasas. Just really a lot of supportive, down-to-earth women and people, you know, always recommending each other, and they've been recommending me. So oh, that's really nice. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, because I even, I don't know they are too well, but it still has that small, like a small community feel. Was it that does. accurate? You know, it's it's all about the school district out there. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people they call it a destination district. Oh, so I see. people move there for the school district for that their makes kids. Sense. Yeah, yeah, which is sense. why I, which is what I did as well. Nice. Yeah. Well, I get excited to hear more about your story as we we dive in. Yeah. Well, speaking of your story, we're curious right off the bat just to hear about your journey toward becoming a professional chef. Gosh, this could be a long story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. Both of my parents are from a very small town in southern Illinois, and my father's mother was an excellent cook, um, more on the gourmet side, and my mother's mom was also an excellent cook, uh, had her own vegetable garden, but very down-home southern cooking, fried chicken, the best bacon and green beans Mm -hmm. you've ever had you know, mashed potatoes, those kind of things. So I spent a lot of time there, a lot of summers there. I'm originally from Chicago and had a lot of their cooking, spent a lot of time in the kitchen with them. And I don't know when that really hit me, how much it affected me. And then uh, I was in the fitness industry for many years, was cooking for people over the years And then a little over maybe about a year and a half ago, two years ago, I went to professional culinary school Mm. at night. Oh. So. um, Must be a lot. Yeah. So single mom. um, My son was just starting middle school and I went at night and I was the only woman in class uh, going back to school. So that was pretty cool. Um, So. I've been working as a professional chef for about a year and a half, but cooking for people also before that. And yeah. now that's all I do. Wow. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty neat how you pursue that passion uh, on top of your work and going to, to night school. You hear that story a lot. People who, you know, they're doing one thing and then they decide I'm going to take that next step, perhaps not at the start of their career, but a little bit later on. Yeah, absolutely. So nice. I call it my second act. That's incredible. Yes. Yeah. All about the second act. So, and I love it. I love it so much. And I'm like, gosh, people ask me, where did this come from? I think it came from my grandparents, my grandmothers, mm-hmm. you know, and my love of food and my love of healthy, fresh food with the fitness background. But I, I make yummy, yummy, delicious things too, like tiramisu. I mean, you can't, I, <laughs> yeah, we'll just go for a run. You know, it's like. Yeah, it's a nice combination. All kinds of things. 
So as you're practicing, so you're going through culinary school and you're, and you're making all these meals mm-hmm. and now you're a professional chef. Mm-hmm. What is the largest meal you've ever had to prepare? And how did you approach that? Oh, well, the largest meal uh, was a brunch for 80 people. Ooh. That's intense. So was this at somebody's house? Brunch is right. Or... Yeah, it was so fantastic. It was a post-wedding celebratory mm. oh, okay, okay. That brunch for 80 people, um, which I had a crew with me, um, and we prepped beforehand and then prepared everything, yes, at this gorgeous home in Malibu. How early do you have to get there to start that prep? The prep was the day before. Okay, so you bring it all in at that point? Yes, yes. Like all of the, like we had a live omelet station. Mm -hmm. So all of those, you know, the vegetables and cheeses and meats were cut beforehand. So you you had to bring a team in to help you with that. Do you have like people you go to in those moments or? Yes. Okay. Yes. I kind of have collected my crew. Your Avengers. Mm -hmm. Yes, my (laughs) Avengers. And I have servers and bartenders and... Yeah, someone as a, that'll step in as a sous chef. That's and, fantastic. Wow. Yeah, yeah. There's so be, many moving pieces to to yeah. Give, starting your own personal chef business, I yeah. imagine, like yeah, like getting the crew and whatnot, building contacts and relationships, absolutely, what yeah. have you. Um, switching gears, talking about comfort foods and the Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I can't are, wait. <laughs> what are some <laughs> easy com- comfort foods to prepare? Let's say, you know, on on a on a budget, someone someone who Perhaps, you know, is last minute wants to prepare some cozy, cozy foods for Thanksgiving. Yes, for, for Thanksgiving or just, yeah. And in general, whatever you. So some people have macaroni and cheese as one of their dishes mm-hmm. at Thanksgiving. So I think that's a good one. Um, I add an entire head of cauliflower mm. to the mac and cheese to the mac and cheese. In addition to the noodles? Yes. Okay. Yes. I don't substitute the noodles with okay. cauliflower. There you go. Because one reason why I... You passed I, the test. Jillian... <laughs> yes. What, Jillian was <laughs> over there ready. What, what stuck out to me about you is, is and I'll, we'll go into a little bit later, so I'm further down the line of my questions, but um, you really seem to excel in cozy comfort foods that also lean towards being healthy. Mm-hmm. Well, your, your Instagram is fantastic. Yes. Thank you. The food looks delicious. Thank you very yeah. much. Cause I've, I've tried cauliflower rice and no. I, I'm all about, you know, things like whatever, <laughs> but it has to have a little something else. I agree. So I'm, so I, I'm interested to hear, is that something that you've seen before? Cause I've never seen cauliflower rice or cauliflower mixed in with macaroni. Can you expand on that? Well, I don't like food to pretend it's something it's not. Mm-hmm. So I don't like it when cauliflower pretends it's rice <laughs> or a noodle or a cashew, you know, yeah. pretends it's some kind of cheese. <laughs> right, like now, we, now we diverge. <laughs> <laughs> I depend so, on that. <laughs> well, some are better than others. And they are, they are getting better and better and better. I... I'm a big fan of farmer's markets. I mean, all my produce is from the best places, farmer's markets in season. I mean, here we are in California. We have access to the mm-hmm. most fabulous, you know, fruits and vegetables. So I'm very seasonal, you know, farm to table. Cooking 
I mean, half the plate of food that I would serve in my own home is vegetables, is going to be vegetables of some sort of assortment. So it only made sense to me when I made this delicious macaroni and cheese that I found a little loose Mm. or soupy Mm. to add cauliflower. That's so funny you said that because Jillian made a mac and cheese not too long ago for our comfort food episode. And I would say like... Was it a little soupy? <laughs> oh, it was no. soup. It, 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 it was the it, opposite. It was the opposite. You're right. Oh, Sorry, my dense. mistake. No, it was very, very dry. Here's the oh. thing. When I put it in, it looked like just a bowl of soup. So I got a little anxious. And so I just, okay, I'm going to cook a bunch of more pasta. And I just dumped okay. all the pasta I made in. And it basically was just eating, if I sauteed the noodles and fried it up or something, that's what it tasted oh. like. So that was my fatal flaw. Yeah, I definitely had a, a frantic call with my mom, who actually is a pretty good cook. And I and I was it's like, well, where'd you get this recipe? I was like, the New York Times. She's like, what's going on? Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But, yeah. but, but the cauliflower, it stays moist with the cauliflower in it. Oh, yeah. Well, I do it. I make the macaroni and cheese um, all the way through. So basically, if you make the best macaroni and cheese you can, and mm-hmm. I use four different cheeses in the one that I make. And elbow noodles, the traditional elbow noodles. Um, so I bake it. It's done. The mac and cheese is done. Then I steam that whole head of cauliflower. So it's not what I call mushmash, which is a technical, <laughs> technical term. Definitely. But, so it's you know still firm and break it apart. And, and I mix it into the macaroni and cheese. Oh, okay. Right. So it doesn't bake with it. I do it. After oh, okay. it's done. I see. Yeah. It sounds like it gives it a nice body. It like gives a, it yeah. a lot of body, but so it doesn't have the opportunity to dry out. Mm-hmm. So it's, there we go. Yeah. I see. And what, it, what has been the response? Would you, would you say? Oh, people love that. People love it. Yeah. I'll have to and try it. Because you think, you know, when you were a kid, I don't know, people, you know, parents would put um, cheese on broccoli cheese, cheese on cauliflower. Mm-hmm. So this, it, without a second thought, I'm, I'm going to add a whole head of cauliflower to this macaroni and cheese that isn't pulling together. Do you blenderize? How do you, do you chop it up finely? How do you? No, it's in chunks. Oh, it's in chunks. Okay. I was imagining, okay, you more refined. Okay. So it's, no, got it. It's not not sneaking it in there. Like Jessica Seinfeld wrote a book a long time ago about sneaking in vegetables to food. You got to go, so go big or go home. So kids eat okay. it. Yeah. So kids eat it. And she would puree all these vegetables and put them into sauces and everything, which is a great idea, but that's not what this is. Mm, yeah. It's it. very obvious. There's a chunk of cauliflower in there. We'll have to try it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it adds a little healthy kick. Absolutely. So I mean, it's a lot, it's a lot of cauliflower. So I'm wondering what are your favorite healthy comfort foods? Well, I think Brussels sprouts can be comforting. Mm-hmm. Because they're crunchy and have a good texture to them to really bite into at the same time because the leaves fall off. So I really like that. My son likes that too. So I always kind of think, okay, kids, you know? Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> adults. Well kids. done Brussels sprouts are wonderful. So yes. Good. They're right often seasoning. not done correctly. I agree. And so they become too chewy or like, yes. you know, it's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> yes. And the and flavors out there. Be. But when right. I have great Brussels sprouts, I'm like, oh, this is, I, I could have this every day. Yeah. Yeah. 
They're so great. They're so great. Mm. Um, so I love that. I lo- like a balsamic roasted Brussels sprout. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Um, the butternut squash lasagna. Oh, yes. That's that on your Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Looks so good. yeah. That is really healthy, delicious. I mean, it's, it has sage in it. Ooh. You just really cannot. It's very decadent. It's decadent yet healthy. How was the squash prepared? Like, so I'm, I'm assuming it's layered into the lasagna yes. before it's baked. Like, how do you prepare the squash before it goes into the lasagna? And I will say the squash is not instead of a lasagna noodle. <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes people try that, which I don't. Yeah, no, the, the lasagna noodle needs to be there. That's it, like the whole reason. Yeah, yeah. Reason for the season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, how, so the squash, so it's a few steps. Um, it's roasted. The squash is roasted with garlic and some butter. Are you vegan? I'm vegetarian. Vegetarian. I have That's been so much vegan. easier. Yeah, it is a lot easier. Well, I, I, I aspired to be vegan, but then I was grumpy without eggs, so I just had to give up the okay. ghost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, it's easier. It's easier. I love, I mean, I could plant-based all the time, but it's, it's a lot easier. Yeah, no, I, I eat cheese and dairy, and oh, so okay, it's, good. it's not... It's not that difficult to, to cook for me. Okay, good. All right, good. You could def- definitely have this. So you roast um, you roast the butternut squash with garlic and butter and a little olive oil, uh, salt and pepper. Do that first. And then you puree it. And when you're pureeing it, you drop in whole sage leaves. Ooh. You don't have to do anything to them. It's like magic. Ooh. These whole beautiful sage leaves. Um, and then the noodles, um, you can make them yourself or, you know, use no boil noodles mm. or you can just drop your noodles in hot water. You actually don't need to boil mm. lasagna noodles. Oh, I didn't know that. You could just drop them in hot water. That's it's, a little it, nice tip. It, light, it uh, makes them flexible enough mm-hmm. that they'll get tender when you make a lasagna. I've prepared lasagna before in my mm-hmm. life, but it's so funny how I can't even recall. It's been so long. I can't even recall, like, what did I do for the noodles? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You probably followed the directions yeah. on the box and boiled them. I probably did. Yeah, yeah. for seven Well, and then it gets minutes. tricky because I think I remember them falling apart then also in get, the process. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's that a very good tip because I actually don't like my noodles too soft. Like yeah, little, you want them, yeah, to have a little, you know, something, something. You want to be able to yeah. bite into it. <laughs> right. So then you layer it and you make a bechamel. So of the, uh, the cheeses that you want in that, I use um, a fontina. I think I use a sharp cheddar and a fresh ricotta. So I make my own ricotta. And then, yeah, mm. that all goes in there. And then layer it with the squash and the bechamel and the lasagna noodle and then the squash and, you know, just keep layering and, yeah. Sounds and that's so it. That's it's so really good. good. People yeah. like it. I didn't yeah. anticipate not having dinner before recording. Oh boy, <laughs> we're going to dinner after. We're in trouble. Yeah. And that How I love. I, feel. I love that dish with balsamic roasted Brussels sprouts. Uh, Those two together, it's delicious. Gotta share Just, one of your recipes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I swear that balsamic roasted Brussels sprouts goes with anything. <laughs> it's a good yeah. bar food, actually. Yeah, it is. It can, be. it can I, be. In, in L.A., it's not uncommon like to find that at bars. Oh, yeah, I feel like every yeah. bar you go to has a Brussels spread on it of some kind. Yeah. And Something. that's why Jillian's a hipster. <laughs> uh, <laughs> only Brussels sprouts at my bar. Right. I think they tend to fry them. 
Yeah. No, yeah. that's true. I think, yeah. A little I think, I think yeah. you're right. On the topic of flavor, mm-hmm. <laughs> going to Flavor Town, when it comes to Thanksgiving, are there flavors that you need to be there for it to feel like a Thanksgiving dinner? I'm going to start with that. I have a second part of that question. Like, what flavors okay. do, are you looking for on Thanksgiving? Like, you need butter. The, <laughs> <laughs> butter. Butter. <laughs> Definitely butter. And I would say sage, thyme, rosemary. Mm. You know, the the turkey, the rich gravy flavor, something like toasted. Mm-hmm. You know, think of fall fruits and vegetables. Yeah, I'm there. So, yeah. That makes sense. That's what I'm saying. It's all the those Yeah, those herbs, herbs. I would definitely yeah. use. Yeah, like sage. People don't eat much sage. So that's definitely something. But thyme and rosemary in there. If you're going to dry brine your turkey or mm-hmm. make stuffing, you know, that's always good in there. Is there any flavor you feel is overrated for Thanksgiving or you're kind of over it in terms of a part of Thanksgiving dinner? You're like, we could just stop doing that. Maybe sweet potatoes, that sweet potato casserole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that. Yeah. Yeah. I really need the sweet potato. The sweet potato with the marshmallows on top. Mm-hmm. I think that could maybe be passed over every <laughs> other year. It's, it's actually as to it, not it to is, upset. Now that I'm thinking about it, actually, when it's one of the things that my mom would often make, mm-hmm. but now that she comes here and it's just like me, her and my husband for a really small Thanksgiving, that does not make the cut. Yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> the if sweet potato you, casserole doesn't make the cut at all. If you just make a sweet potato and you could have mashed sweet potatoes or even sliced sweet potatoes, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think the whole mashing them, brown sugar, marshmallow thing. Have you guys had that? Or is that no, very I Midwest? I've never had it. I, it is very Midwest. It's very Midwest. I, I, I have it a lot. Okay. I, <laughs> my, so you've my, also had green bean casserole. My mom listens to this podcast. I never podcast. had any casseroles. Oh. I make green bean casserole every... Oh, really? <laughs> you're reminding me. Yeah. But um, my mom listens to this podcast, and I feel like I'm coming my out mom on doesn't. my air. <laughs> mom, I love your sweet potato casserole. I am a little over sweet potato casseroles. Sorry, mom. Hey, sorry. Mm-hmm. It's just, it is like it is. It's like a little too sickly sweet, especially the yeah. especially the marshmallows. That's like where it really loses me, and like the brown, like the caramelized brown sugar on top. It's mm-hmm. like I don't know, but green bean casserole. That's a dish that probably could use some zhuzhing up. <laughs> so I feel like yeah. I feel like it's a little. I I always make it, but every time I'm making it, I'm like, you're disgusting. <laughs> do you make it with cream of mushroom soup? I do. Ooh. Oh God. <laughs> Chef Kelly's Chef dying. Kelly's storming out right oh. now. This is the door slamming. Um, this is where I am right now. This is, this yeah, is, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's the only thing my dad could make was the green bean casserole. It's really easy. It's so you easy. really are just like I mean the way that the cream of mushroom soup, soup just slides out of the the can, oh boy. fully formed, just smash it down with a spoon. <laughs> um, do you have any alternatives <laughs> well you could use real cream and real mushrooms mm, and much hint to flour <laughs> and make that whole base yourself I mean that's one way to go yeah yeah. and saute your green beans and mix that all in and turkey fried french turkey french fried onions on top I have no doubt that that would be more delicious, but I'm so lazy. Martha Stewart <laughs> does a really good version of that. What, what, what does she do that's different? She makes her base. Okay. Like I was just saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of the cream of mushroom soup out of the can, mm-hmm. she basically makes that. I brought it to a Friendsgiving not too long ago and someone was asking me like, so what's in this? And I was like, you don't really want to know. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah. You don't really want to know what's in any casserole actually, no. now that we mention it. Mm-hmm. Like, Maybe there's I'll make just... a casserole. I never had You've never You've had never a had, casserole? Jillian, that's not true. <laughs> You've never had tuna casserole? No. Or... 
What? Maybe this, is is it a Midwestern thing? Jillian's from thunder? Long Island. Have you had I've thunder. Never, Do you know what thunder is? No. Maybe, maybe if, if you it's describe like, it, it's like egg noodles, maybe a can of tomato soup, mm-hmm. hamburger, and cheddar cheese, yeah, all mixed I, together and baked in a casserole. I have had that. We yeah. call it Johnny Marzetti. Oh, okay, <laughs> Johnny. This is like a, a mobster. <laughs> I'm, this is this. I don't. I don't, know these, I don't know where these Chicagoans come up with these names for things. I don't, that could just be <laughs> tooth on the a Johnny Garzetti. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Marzetti. I thought, yeah, it was oh. Marzetti. I don't even I don't know who that is. Me neither. <laughs> Listeners. Maybe he was a mobster, <laughs> you know, possibly. If you know who Johnny Marzetti is. This is something my stepdad make, made and like I don't know if that was like a now I'm imagining like a guy named Johnny Marzetti brought that as a casserole to his family well, and they're like we're gonna call it Johnny name. Marzetti it's just it's too much I didn't plan I didn't do my my research on this but it's the exact same kind of casserole where it's the yeah. those egg noodles yeah. it's a hamburger help like like yeah. all that stuff yeah super simple mm-hmm. but I like the idea of trying casserole you know like you said with the doing it from scratch yeah. using the fresh Produce and mushrooms. Maybe right. this you year I'll give it. it a whirl. Who you knows? I'll have my first casserole. So the other thing I didn't mention I about that, Thanksgiving um, flavors, Thanksgiving flavors, celery. There's a lot of celery yes. involved. Yeah. Yes. In Thanksgiving. My, I think the, that's important. The dressing my family makes is heavy on celery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say it's mostly celery. What, what kind of <laughs> That sounds is crazy. It? Is it like celery, uh, sage? It's, I, I honestly, I have amnesia Butter. when it comes to cooking. This is why I'm terrible at it. I'm like. <laughs> I need to I need to see the recipe before I don't I can't identify flavors very yeah, easily. Yeah, okay. And so I know there's celery in it because there's big celery chunks in it, yep. and then there's definitely bread. Is there, <laughs> so, are there mushrooms in there? No, there's no mushrooms. It's, it's like it really is like it's fifty percent celery, like fifty percent bread. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm this Thanksgiving. I'm making a uh, sage white wine dressing. So it's s- very similar to what you're talking about. I, I was yeah, looking celery. at that actually on your Instagram. Yeah. I was like, I was, maybe I could, maybe oh, yeah. we could try a little I put bit, that on there. a little different, because it did look familiar enough that it was yeah. like, oh, this could be a, a way to modify it. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's not very, it's not that hard to do. And it's, it's moist. Yeah, it yeah, sounds good. Second, uh, speaking of your recipes and all the great stuff you make, and you have a thriving catering business. Oh, cranberries, cranberries. Oh yeah, no, oh, absolutely. Of course, of course. It, well, it's funny that flavor. It's a flavor I feel like I cram in in the laziest way. Like just with the cranberry sauce. Don't talk about the can cranberry. We do that too. <laughs> well, you just put up the can, you slice it, uh, and uh, into little cylinders. Take it out. <laughs> no, you can buy the bag of cranberries and just a little bit of uh, Grand Marnier water, apples, and boil them until they, you know, heat them up till they pop, and it's done. Fresh. Ooh, that's so fresh. delicious sounding. Fresh, yeah. Orange, orange rind. You know, and if you don't have a grater, just use your knife. We need a Chef Kelly cookbook. Yeah. We do. Where is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, speaking of all these wonderful things that you make and you have a thriving catering business, and I'm curious, what's your most requested dish for Thanksgiving? I mean, you've only been doing it for a year, but I, did you do Thanksgiving last year? I made Thanksgiving from my family last year. Um, this year I am actually cooking for a party of 18. Ooh, that's big. In the morning, and they're eating at one, mm. and then I'm having a party of ten at my house at five. <laughs> Cocktails and apps are at five. Dinners at five thirty. So, are you cloning yourself? How is that happening? So, <laughs> it's wild. Everything for my house will be done on Wednesday. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then the turkey. 
Thursday. My turkey, my turkey takes three days. Okay, so what's your turkey oh, process? Wow. Everyone, everyone wants to know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, my turkey process, uh, fresh um, organic turkey, uh, dry brine for two days. So you go inside the turkey, under the skin, on top of the skin, dry brine for two days, and then air chilled for one day, which dries out the skin. And then it's in the oven. I flip them over. I flip the bird to start Mm -hmm. at high heat so it cooks the thighs and browns the bottom side. And then I flip them back over, breast side up, turn the heat down to 350, and um, keep them in there for 13 to 15 minutes per pound. And then it gets nice and crispy and brown. No basting. I do not open that oven again. Unless to check its temperature. And then, you know, with the thermometer. The the, the, the brine did all that work already. You don't have to do that, right? Correct. Well, the basting, so old school is to baste it. Baste Mm -hmm. it, baste it, baste it, right? Okay, so I've gone over this with a few friends. And one chef who's very old school. (laughs) I'm trying to get um, to new school. You're, when you're, you let a lot of the heat out of the oven every time you open it to baste the turkey. You don't want to do that. Also, that skin is almost like a raincoat. It's almost waterproof. So you're just wetting the skin mm-hmm. again. You're wetting mm-hmm. the skin again. That good stuff, it's not really getting into the meat very well. And also then you're moistening the skin again. So if you like really crisp skin, you're not going to achieve that as easily if you're basting, basting, basting. Like one of my friends, like, you know what? Your turkey's going to turn out great. I almost feel like you really can't mess up a turkey unless you overcook it. Mm. So you're not going to mess it up basting it. Mm -hmm. I just think maybe you're working too hard. (laughs) And you're not going to get the super crisp, nice, gold, you know, not even golden, reddish brown skin that you want. Yeah, well, that makes a lot of yeah. sense. How do you feel about basting tofurkey? <laughs> I don't know. I would not. I would not baste a tofurkey. No, there's. It really is just sort of like an exercise in. Do you baste <laughs> the whole effort of a tofurkey? Is just sort of like a mock exercise of like yeah. I'm faking this. Is not, this is not a turkey. I'm faking it. I'm base. I'm basting it because I have like. I feel like it's Thanksgiving if I'm basting it. Yeah, that's what a lot of the articles say. Yeah. It's like you want, as a cook, or if you're cooking Thanksgiving in your home, you want to actively do something. Right, yeah. So it's a lot of like... So that's why you would baste, not actually <laughs> for the bird benefit. It's more right. for your benefit. Yeah, I don't think it's... I, I, there's, I'm <laughs> yeah, not it's under just, illusion it's soaking into the tofu Yeah. <laughs> at any point. Just to feel like you're doing Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, my family converted from turkey to salmon. Oh, okay. Yeah, kind of pescatarian, so we just started doing salmon. I like it. Yeah. So no basting over at my house. But <laughs> um, so as I mentioned, I'm a pescatarian, Matt's a vegetarian, and I'm you know I was once a vegetarian for I guess quite a while, and then um, I would go to events or holidays, and there really wouldn't be a lot for me to eat. So. I was wondering, what kind of meals would you suggest for people who are hosting vegetarians who are a little, you know, unsure of what to make or do? Because besides just like a pile of carrots or some mashed potatoes. A vegetarian Thanksgiving? Yeah. Like what are some meal ideas that wouldn't be perhaps intimidate someone who's not too well versed in 
vegetarian or plant-based meals? I would just do things that were naturally vegetarian. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do um, anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't try to substitute meat. Mm-hmm. Like I would probably never do a tofurkey. <laughs> <laughs> Again, something pretending it's something it's yeah, not. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, so I would do a, you know, I would do I would do the dressing. Mm-hmm. I would do fantastic vegetables, seasonal vegetables. Uh, I would, you know, maybe roast carrots and leaves the, the ends on and um, maybe a little maple syrup on those carrots and a little chili flake on there mm. for flavor. Uh, you know, leave them whole so they're beautiful. I would do the Brussels sprouts. Oh, the things that are just um, naturally vegetarian. You could do the dressing like that. You don't have to add chicken stock. Mm-hmm. You don't have to add egg. You could use um, vegetable stock instead. That's a good Lots point. of celery, wine. I love to cook with wine. Yeah, <laughs> Wine's good all around. Yeah, it's good. Oh, yeah, like green beans and onions. I mean, people don't have green beans that often, I think. So that's another thing you could that's do true. for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, I, and I'm a, a little peasant, so I don't know how to pronounce. It's G-R-A-T-I-N, gratin or gratin? Al gratin. Al gratin. gratin. Al gratin. Yeah. yeah. So gratin. Oh, potatoes al gratin? Well, I made, yeah, you could do that. That'd be great. I made recently. It was really good. It's this quinoa gratin with broccoli, cheese, and I made my own breadcrumbs. Yummy. Okay. And it, it was actually really, really good and in, in, in filling. And I, I, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that or what it, I guess is pretty popular. Gratin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw it on some little res- um, plant based recipe blog. So I was thinking, you know, little things like you mentioned, like really nice, fresh, seasonable vegetables, mm-hmm. maybe something like that where it has the cheeses mm-hmm. and the, you know, garlic and butter, breadcrumbs mm-hmm. and some vegetables mixed in. Yeah. Dress it up. Yeah. Dress, dress it up. It up. Nice. Use, you know, instead of, you know, at home or busy or coming home from a long day of work or you've got kids or things going on, you know, maybe you make a mac-, mac and cheese. Maybe you do do something regularly, but for Thanksgiving, use four different cheeses, make mm-hmm. it more exotic, you know, get, get a little fancier, make your own breadcrumbs. Yeah. It's a good You tip. know, use a few vegetables in there. I remember when I first became a vegetarian, I was worried about Thanksgiving dinner because it's like, what, I, will I enjoy it? Mm-hmm. Will there be anything for me? Mm-hmm. And it was a bit of like a, a lesson for my family to not put meat into things that didn't need to yeah. have it. Like sausage and dressing. Yeah. Or no, like, I mean, or the, the giblets that. that they would yeah. grind up and then just mm-hmm. throw into it. And it's like, mm-hmm. is anyone really enjoying that? Is that something mm-hmm. we're even detecting <laughs> at <Yeah>. all? Um <laughs> And, or even just switching to vegetable broth, like mm-hmm. such an easy switch. when applicable. And it makes basically everything else vegetarian aside from the turkey itself. Mm-hmm. And I don't miss anything. Thanksgiving is thankfully such a side heavy holiday. Yes. That if you have enough sides that without even thinking about it, you, you, and you're not needlessly putting meat based stuff in it, it's probably going to be mostly vegetarian anyway. Yeah. You could do easily vegetarian, yeah. just, you know push the turkey to the other table and mm-hmm. it could be easily vegetarian and the desserts. I oh mean, yeah. Do you know, up your game on your desserts. That's true. You bring up a great point. So like, what is your go-to Thanksgiving dessert? Like, what are you excited about? Uh, I will, well, my son loves pumpkin pie and I just, I have to make pumpkin pie because it says Thanksgiving. Do you yeah. make it from scratch? Yes. Oh, uh, that's amazing. So I'm going to make a, a, there we go. a pastry dough pumpkin pie. 
So I'm going to mm. make, I have pastry dough mm. in the freezer because it takes, it's quite a process to make pastry dough. So, but you could buy um, phyllo dough. You could buy puff pastry dough at a lot of different places at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And you just lay it out, cross it over on the pan and put your pumpkin pie filling in and then turn it. And then it's going to bring these really nice, pretty edges up around the pie like a little higher around the pie mm-hmm. um, than just the regular crust. So we're going to do that, and I'm going to make tiramisu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't go wrong. Can't, <laughs> go wrong. can't go wrong. Also, something I really feel like you can't mess up that's, is that's tiramisu. True. I mean, it always, every time I have it, though, I'm like, this, this feels like a lot of effort. <laughs> well, because of the layering and yeah. all of that. But yeah. I guess it's not really, right? You is don't it just, bake it. Yeah, that's you know? true. You really can't mess it up. And if your filling is a little loose, you just make more whipped cream. Mm. Ah. Put that in there. Sounds yeah. good. And shave the chocolate on the top and in, in the middle. You really, yeah, you can't go wrong. That's amazing. I, had, I love it. I had my um, staff Thanksgiving lunch today. Mm-hmm. And so we had a bunch of Costco pies. I'm so sorry. I'm Actually, sorry. The, you know what? Their pumpkin cheesecake is really good. Oh, I do like <laughs> cheesecake. I'm doing a cheesecake. I'm also doing an apple galette, a bourbon vanilla apple galette. So you want to get Emma's little peasant out. I've never heard of that in my so life. So it's an yeah, op- it's for, for like it's open face. So you just you cut the apples um, in slices and you make the crust mm-hmm. and you lay you just lay your crust out, roll it out, lay it out. Fan the apples along the crust, and you're going to use a vanilla bean and butter, combine that together, and you pour that over the apples. And then you fold the edge of the crust around the outside only. So you're not covering the apples. Sounds good. Yeah, and then like a little sugar on the outside of the crust. It's delicious. So delicious. So hungry And beautiful (laughs) and rustic and rustic. I think rustic I like for Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. too, a rustic table. So are there any other like pieces of your Thanksgiving dinner that are are really important to you? Like it's a a tradition for you to like, it has to be there. Whether it's like, I mean, either whether it's the the table setting or another food item that you have to have on the on the table what would that be mashed potatoes <laughs> oh i love mashed what's, what's potatoes. your what's your mashed potatoes potato. technique oh my gosh my mashed potato technique okay so you know thanksgiving food isn't food that anyone makes all the time mm-hmm. so i have to go back to my notes and look things up or do my research or you know, touch base um, with some chefs that I admire, like Thomas Keller. I always look at him first, how he's doing things. Mm. Um, You know, he's a Michelin star chef. My method for mashed potatoes comes from like all this research and spending 20 hours in culinary school on potatoes. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I felt like I was in prison. (laughs) So um, I use half russet and half golden. Because golden is creamier than russet, but could also become more glue-like. I would never have even known any of these details. It's so interesting to hear these like minor details about oh, But they're a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never even think about this. I had no idea. Have you ever had glue-like potatoes? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's, it's like hard to move even. That's yeah. a mistake. <laughs> that's a mistake. It's the, the starch burst in mm-hmm. those potatoes so much that they're like glue. Okay. So the russet mm-hmm. is... Um, a flakier potato, mm-hmm. and the goldens are creamier. So I use half and half. 
Mm-hmm. I do skin them first because I don't want to peel a hot potato. Mm. Um, some people think it tastes more potato-like if you leave the skin on, but I don't want to mess around with a hot potato peeling it mm-hmm. at the end when those potatoes need to go on the table. Hot. So half and half. Um, after you cut them, you rinse them off to get rid of some of the starch. Um, put them in the, the pan with cold water over them, bring them to a boil, and then reduce it to a simmer. The simmering is just a little more gentle just to cook them until, you know, a fork or a knife inserts easily and then they're done. And then you rinse them off, put them back in the pan, uh, low heat, or maybe if your pot is still hot, dry them out. And then they go through a ricer, Mm. which is so much better than pulverizing them because, yeah, then you're going to make them more glue-like. The ricer, they just go through it once, and then they end up looking kind of like uncooked hash browns. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you heat your butter and your cream in another, uh, in, a, in, a, in a saucepan, nice and hot, and mix that into the potatoes just with a wooden spoon. And there's your mashed potatoes. Salt and ah. pepper, of course. That sounds great. That sounds so much easier than the pulverizing method. Oh, yeah. I feel like a lot of my aversion to even working in the kitchen is is how exhausting that work can be if you do it the old-fashioned way. Yeah, (laughs) it can be. And don't use modern technology, which I don't have a lot of, like, stuff that makes things easy. Yeah. And so I'm there, like, cutting and pulverizing, and I'm Mm -hmm. just, my arms are tired. (laughs) A lot of things, you know, about cooking, too, and I, I realized this after I started cooking professionally, it's about the tools. It's really about mm. the tools. Like this ricer, the only thing I use it for is potatoes, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't do it without it. So I have this ricer for one vegetable, you know? Yeah. And it's That's so worth it. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious, like having gone, gone through culinary school, like what was like something that kind of shocked you like in your learning about pr- like professionally cooking that was like, oh, this is, this is a better way to approach. Uh, well, I'm classically trained, which is more in the French technique. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they do take extra steps in things. So I learned, I think, the, the finest technique. So like one of, the, one of the, my, our instructor's points was, you know, I'm teaching you this way so you could cook, you know, anything, anywhere from the finest from at the finest hotel to your own dinner at home. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those extra steps aren't, aren't necessary. Mm-hmm. So when I, but I was still cooking and I was still cooking for people um, professionally while I was in school. I just started looking at it in a more technical way. That's what culinary school yeah. did for me. I started looking at cooking a more scientific and technical way. What gives me the best result? What is the best technique to achieve the result I want to achieve? Like the ricing of the potato. So because you don't want lumpy potatoes, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. don't want that. So instead of having a, a lumpy potato and working so hard with your spoon or ruining them by beating them with a hand beater, put them through the ricer. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like the technique. Make that was easy. the most important thing to me in culinary school was, was the techniques, how to do things. And then after on my own, you know, being efficient to achieve the result. Cooking, cooking really is a science yeah. as well as baking, all of that. And 
the more you approach it that way, the better the results will be. Mm-hmm. I feel like my my big mistake is like every time I'm like, <laughs> just like I have like a cutting board and a knife and I'm just trying to hack it. Oh yeah, well I, I don't. We talked about this before, but I don't know how to cut. So that's very. I love difficult. that as a statement. So you don't have knife skills? Is that what you're saying? No, I, I need to teach you something really quick before I go. Oh yeah, because it takes me a good, I'd say, forty minutes to like make like cut vegetables for tacos. It's probably your knife. It's probably not your fault. No, I, 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 that's very kind, but I, I do feel like it's my fault because I grew up kind of a, being afraid of knives, and I think that. <laughs> Oh, my sister chased me around with the knife. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Nothing's scary. No, yeah, so I don't know. But also, I I I think it's just the way I hold things. Like, even when I was younger, the way I would hold a pen Mm. or a pencil, Mm -hmm. my teacher would always try and self-correct me. So I I hold the pencil weird. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. I think maybe that played a role. But I would love to know an efficient way to cut things. Do they teach you in culinary school how to efficiently cut? Oh, yeah. There's a whole, yeah, there's a whole, um, like, week on um different cuts mm. yeah yeah maybe you need to rondelle on a bias so if you're working in a professional kitchen and the executive chef says i want these carrots cut on a bias you better know what he's talking about because he's going to tell you once. what does that mean yeah like how there's nodding along it's on like... an angle okay. okay yeah so another thing in culinary school that i that made me appreciate food and the work that people do is when you go to a fine dining restaurant and you see all these vegetables that have been julienned, which is in, in uh, like uh, toothpicks, mm-hmm. someone cut those like that. Mm-hmm. That takes quite a bit of skill yeah. to do that and patience. Yeah, that, that's, that's incredible. And that's <laughs> like a person <laughs> is doing that. A yeah, person exactly. is doing that, not a machine. There's a person doing that, you know? So is it kind of like when you, I, I have no uh, concept of culinary school. Were you, cause it, with, you know, creative writing, you have people read your work and you critique it at a table mm-hmm. with food. Do you just, you do serve does your, it, did your it, Does it become like a reality show? Yeah. Like, a like top chef like a little bit. Chef? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes. Okay. So yeah. Anything you've seen in the movies, mm-hmm. it's true. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't, not as far as Gordon Ramsay maybe, but other things. So occasionally, uh, you would be given ingredients and have to come up with a dish. That's so cool. And the plating and give it a name and a price. That's so and cool. Then pre- the pricing is fascinating. Yeah. That is so fascinating. And then present it to the instructor. And I would say, I, did I tell you I was the only woman in class? Oh, that's just a little harder on yeah. me than yeah. everyone else. Yeah. Wow, which was fine, which was fine. But one time she gave me this vegetable. She so she gave so she gave we had our meat. People had all these different meats and you could pick your spices. You could do whatever you want with it. And she was going to give you one vegetable to incorporate into your dish. Well, a couple people, she gave us two vegetables. She threw a vegetable at me that I had no idea what it was. Oh, what was it? It was a garbanzo bean. Oh, but it was a garbanzo bean in its. Um, original form. Oh, before like you get the the bean out, basically. So before, so when you opened, the only garbanzo beans I had ever seen at the time were out of the can. Yeah, oh, like like same. the like Which the little, little balls. Yeah, chickpeas, yeah. fleshy yeah. colored. Yeah. So this looks like similar shape, but it was 
just green. I had no idea. That's what it was. wild. I wouldn't yeah. have known. And so how like, do you get, how do you get it to the that state? By cooking it. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. That's so wild. Okay, yeah, so by cooking it. So how did you roll with that? Did you just say to yourself, "I'm going to boil this"? I was I was going to make a sort of a chicken marsala, and I thought, well, how will these behave? I always think like that. How is this mm. going to behave? How is this going to react? Um, so I just sautéed it. That's oh. what I did. And it worked out? Yeah, and it worked out. It worked out. Awesome. And I used purple basil. And um, I never yeah. heard of purple basil. It was really pretty. It's just basil, but it's purple. It's a whole new world. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I really feel... I, you go to the farmer's market, it's a whole new world. <laughs> no, Matt and You're I... You're like, do you grocery shop? <laughs> I know. Well, it's funny because yeah. we had an episode it's, where it was just about comfort foods, and it really showed how Matt and I were basically raised on things out of a box. Yeah. <laughs> which is to no, no, which is fine, which is fine, but um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know vegetables could be purple. Well, also, <laughs> my issue now is that, yeah. like, I mostly grocery shop at Trader Joe's, which is, oh. like, there's no produce to be had there that's worth having. Uh, it essentially has created, like, my whole vegetable life in terms of fresh vegetables is, like, salad mixes and things like that. What? And so, Wait, you know, no. Chef oh. Kelly is... is oh, God. <laughs> I'm, I'm hurting her. <laughs> you guys have the most amazing farmer's market. Oh, and go to, the, Holly- go to the Hollywood yeah. farmer's market on Sundays. All the many, many chefs go to that farmer's market. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I feel like early. If you go early, you might see, hmm, I've seen that person before. Oh. Yeah. If you look over someone Mm -hmm. looking especially discerning, you know, over the grapefruit or something. So when a chef goes to a farmer's market, like how much is that person buying then at that moment? Are they buying just for themselves or are they typically buying for like their restaurant or do they say like, I need this many of this at that point or... All of the above. Okay. So they may they may be buying it be, because you know the farmers market they're going to have all of our in season produce, mm-hmm. which is the only thing that I I will use is if it's in season. Like if someone wants me to make mm-hmm. something with tomatoes right now, mm-hmm. I can't do it because they're not good. They're just not good. So or strawberries, you know, mm-hmm. I can't do it. They're not good, even though they're available. You see them in the grocery stores. Yeah. Um, they're just not the same. So they may be doing recipe testing, so they might just buy one item. Um, if, they're, if they have a large party, they can put in an order if they don't have, if they can't buy like a case of persimmons or something mm-hmm. from that uh, farm. I just stuff up my grocery shopping. Yeah. <laughs> or they may ha- you know, be carrying a few bags and they're going to make a dish that day or the, that day or the next day. Or like if I go, I just buy, I don't go with anything in mind. I just taste and buy what I think looks the best. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then I make it make, work. Yeah, I make up a dish to use those things. I, I don't trust myself enough for that. I feel like you I, know, get, and if you, I bring stuff home and it'd be like, uh, if you don't want <laughs> to make this a meal, yeah, want to try to make it a meal, you could make that on its own. Yeah. Like broccolini. You know, just buy the broccolini mm-hmm. fresh and make it on its own. That's that's true. You know, yeah. don't try Keep to make it, it into something. Yeah, I think it's helpful following food blogs or loosely following recipes. And you kind of surprise yourself at what you're able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a few really good, great cookbooks last year for Christmas. And I tried following a few of them and they don't go exactly as planned, but 
it, it's nice to just feel good about what what you're eating. Like mm-hmm. a little now I know how to pronounce it. Gratin. Oh, gratin. Gratin. <laughs> <laughs> when I made that, it was healthy and it tasted good and I did it myself and you know, it's nice when you do that. So maybe I'll try my hand at a farmer's market. Yeah, you should go to the farmer's market. And I, I suggest if you if you do find a recipe that you like, I would make it again very very soon. Mm. Because the first time you make it, oh, gosh, I let that go a little too long. Mm-hmm. Or I should have, you know, chopped those a little finer. I would have liked that better. You'll learn as you go. And some, not all recipes are good recipes. It's just, again, you can't believe everything you read. Yeah. Anyone could write a recipe. It's true. You know, if they're telling you to throw in the garlic and onion at the same time, mm-hmm. I might take a step back. <laughs> that's a good red flag. I'll that's that a, that's yeah. a red flag. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because it, you're right. It's kind of an, and one of my friends whose um, ex-boyfriend was a, a chef, she's learned from him and it's, it slowly becomes instinctual. Mm-hmm. And there's little things that I realize I do. I just pick up and now it's an intuitive, like where I make masala sauce. Like, oh, I need to add some more, you know, yogurt to make it more creamy or whatever it might be. Right. Before I would have no idea and I'd just put a jar of masala sauce on. But you, it's little things that you pick up and that's a good point to do it. Once you do your first recipe for something you recently tried, mm-hmm. do it again. Yeah. So you can refine it and to beca- you embody it sort of. Exactly. It's a very good wait, tip. So now I need, but I do need to go back to the garlic and onion thing. So Okay. <laughs> which goes in first and how, how should we be doing it? The onion. Okay. Um, usually until they're translucent. Or, or sweat, sweat the onion mm-hmm. so they start to look like they have a little shimmer to them. Okay. Um, and then you could throw in the garlic. The garlic doesn't need as long to cook. And if it is overcooked, it can become bitter. Oh, okay. And you don't ever want it to so be. So you don't want that to be in as long as the onion needs to be in there. Correct. Makes sense. Yeah. So are there any, any final tips that you have for us in terms of preparing for Thanksgiving dinner? I would, okay, so we have to talk about the cranberries again. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely something you, I think you should have for Thanksgiving, uh, cranberry, orange rind. So try to make your own uh, cranberries this year. Try to get fresh cranberries. That's her Fresh challenge. Right. Yeah, that's my yeah. challenge. I'm nervous. Fresh cranberries, <laughs> buy, the, buy the bag of fresh cranberries. Put a little, uh, you could put Chamborg in there. You could put uh, Grand Meunier in there, water. Slice up an apple, orange rind, a little cinnamon, a little clove. You know, you want enough water. You know what? You can you can guess. So they're kind of floating on the top, mm-hmm. and when they pop, they're done. Good yeah. to know. All right, I'm gonna do this this year. Okay, good. I'm gonna, sugar. I'm gonna sh- Put the I'm gonna sh- sh- add sugar. Add some sugar. Add some sugar. I'll share the results with you. Okay. And whatever Take happens a is, is your fault. <laughs> He's going to sugar. Add some, add some sugar. <laughs> Thank you so much for the, honestly, the, the cooking 101 lessons. I know. For us, I feel, yeah, it's fun. I learned go browns of beans You're probably green. like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize <laughs> yeah. how severe a case this was. <laughs> <laughs> Switching gears to our candle, we are currently sniffing a Woodwick candle, which famously, famously being, we're using that generously, uh, our first experience with the Woodwick candle scared us. I, that was our, in our review because the popping all Lots the time it was just sort of like jarring. And actually, when we've been recording, I keep feeling like it's raining, like because we have headphones on, so like I can't really hear much outside of this conversation. But and maybe it is raining, and that's the issue that is actually happening. Yeah, but oh, it's possible. I, I think it is the the wick. You, it's it's pretty loud. 
And this scent is amber and incense. Uh, and the notes on the website say, we should be smelling rich amber and sandalwood with smoky undertones of exotic spices and herbs. Hmm. It smells good. I enjoy it. I don't know if I'm hitting all those notes, but I yeah, enjoy the smell. I, I like the smell. It's a, maybe a little too powerful for me. Really? I was going to say it's light. Really? And maybe it's because I really need to get like surgery. Or something. Maybe. I can never smell anything, <laughs> but um, I, I like the spiciness of it and the woodiness. I like the woodiness in it. The a woodiness. Lot. Yeah, is it's definitely nice. delivering the woodwick element. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was crackling real, really intensely yeah. when we first, before you got here, Chef Kelly. Um, and it's kind of nice. It adds a cozy vibe, especially in the winter. You want your things to crackle. Yeah, it makes it, the, the space feel a little bit warmer. But this might be one I have to like put in the kitchen to enjoy the wafting into it because it might be a little too much for me, like in the actual living room. It doesn't smell sweet. So I kind of like that. Oh, yeah. we're, we're early against the sweet Yeah, we're a little yeah. biased. Like, uh, okay, like, like, yeah. In some sense, I feel bad for listeners who do like floral scents because mm-hmm. we usually rate those candles poorly. It's more on the <laughs> spice side. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's I, a pretty color. Yeah, it's a nice, it's like lovely. Burgundy, mm-hmm. burgundy it, brown color. I think it's delivering its, its scent profile, and it's, it's definitely doing the woodwick thing it's supposed to do. So, I give it a wick. Chef Kelly's like, what do you mean by that? So <laughs> the way we rate the candles is we either can give it a wick or no wick or I guess half a wick if you're kind of like in between. How, how, out of one wick, how many wicks did you give this? Out of one? Yeah. So one, half, or zero. I'd give it a wick. I, yeah. I think I'd have to give it a wick too. Yeah, there's nothing I don't like. Three wicks for wood wicks, amber, and incense. So before we go, though, we do want to shout out our listeners mm-hmm. really quickly I went to CozyCon. So Kensington Publishing put on their Cozy Club Minicon, both in Redondo Beach and then in San Diego. And I was lucky to attend with a couple of listeners to this podcast. I met um, Kate and Mark, and it was a really fun time. Um, and Larissa at Kensington is amazing. She's She sends us our, our advanced reader copies and... She's a fantastic person. She she did a great job emceeing the event. We played Aww. cozy bingo. That's really nice. Um, I met like a whole t- like a whole bunch of amazing authors. It was really cool. So if just a heads up, if you do um, hear about like a Kensington Publishing event, check it out because I got a bunch of free swag. I got a coaster with a bunch of cozy mysteries on it. It was I was in heaven. Aww. It was great, and it was especially great to meet um, Kate and Mark in person. Yeah, they're um, such wonderful. Um, supporters of our podcast and they're so kind. Nice. And, and, sp- and speaking of Mark, he left a not only a five-star review on our Apple Podcasts account, I guess, our profile, <laughs> but he also left a, an amazing review on his blog, which it, was like so thoughtful. So moving. It, it was really, really wow. Yeah. It's wonderful. It was, yeah. it was really sweet. So thank you so much, Mark. We really, we really appreciate you as a listener and all the kind words you gave us. Mm-hmm. But without further ado, we do have our we want to announce our winners. Oh, yes. So, and then we'll get to Chef winners. Kelly. Yeah, Chef Kelly's still here. We're, <laughs> we're saving her Instagram towards Let the end, so you, the you stick with are. us. So the oh, winners yes. of... Okay, so we, give, we had a giveaway contest, and the winners of the giveaway, we meant to have Jillian's cats select them. So oh. I had seen on Instagram some guy who um, had a giveaway on his Instagram, and he had a bunch of cats, and so he like rolled up little pieces of papers and threw it on the floor, and whichever ones the cats selected were the winners, and I was like, that's super cute. Let's do that with Jillian's cats. Jillian, what happened? Well, we're at a, we <laughs> two hours in the evening. <laughs> really, pretty much dedicated to this. I 
dress up my cats in the cutest little reindeer outfits. They have little Santas riding on their back, not to exclude other holidays, but that's the one, that's the outfits that I had. And so um, I was expecting them, like the video Matt sent me, for them to just select it. So they did take the costumes pretty well, but when I put the papers on the floor, they just stared at it. <laughs> so there's so many different bloopers and outtakes, which I will share on our Instagram then. The full set of bloopers on our uh, Facebook group. They're really funny. It's um, just Jillian begging the cats to do something and the cats refusing. Much. It's yeah. cats being cats. And, and yeah. they're, <laughs> cu- they're cute in costume. They're only one year old. I mean, so it's pretty cute. Um, it didn't go as planned. <laughs> I actually had, yeah, my partner trying to film it and it was just, it just was a comedy of errors to say the least. So if you're interested in seeing the bloopers from my cats trying to pick or holiday winner. And and you should be interested. They're <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah, I want to yeah, see that. They're they're pretty funny. Uh, Snickers and Reese's. So anyways, so we had to we had to improvise and just <laughs> we put names. we put the yes. the names in the bowl and we randomly selected. Uh-huh. And so the winner of the cat mug that Jillian has donated is... to the the cozy cause <laughs> is Kate Littleton. That's right. Yes. Woo-woo. Kate who I met at CozyCon in Redondo Beach. You won the cat mug. Congratulations. And the winner of the Me, You, A Diary by Don French and the uh, Cat Cup Toy, which sounds strange to describe, but if you listen to the episode, you know what I'm talking about, is Barbara Ross. One of our listeners. Who shared that episode. Well, evidently. And then also one of our former guests, who's an author we interviewed um, previously. So congratulations to Barbara and to Kate for, mm-hmm. for winning that contest. And thank you to everyone who entered. Yes, every, thank you for everyone we, for entering. Yeah, we appreciate you sharing our, our most recent episode. And and yeah, so we're off to have our prepare our Thanksgiving meals. Okay, <laughs> get started. But before we do that, Chef Kelly, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram um, at chef underscore Kelly, K-E-L-L-I-E underscore Blackburn. B-L-A-C-K-B-U-R-N. Um, and also on Facebook at Chef Kelly Blackburn. Awesome. Be sure to follow. Be yeah. sure because it, it, is an inc- it is a great Instagram account Thank you. and Facebook page. I follow it. It's fantastic. <laughs> You're so sweet. <laughs> it's, you will see great recipes, amazing looking food. So highly recommend Thank following you. Chef Kelly. And thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's really having kind me. of you. And educating us in the ways of like... <laughs> Normal my, people my, cooking. I know my mind was blown. I was like, yeah. "Wait, you put the onions even, and garlic even, yeah, separately?" That, like, I know it really was uh, a valuable lesson for us. We hope our listeners honestly didn't need it as badly as we did. Uh, <laughs> but but thank you so much for sharing your, your your recipes with us and and your your tips for preparing Thanksgiving. Yeah, you're welcome. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, yeah, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Stay cozy. Stay cozy.